Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, AKA The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. In this episode, we're gonna be talking about a budget, best budget-friendly way to start working with influencers. We're also gonna be talking about how, to, how brands utilize user-generated content and how you can leverage micro-influencers. All right, welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Okay, I can't wait to get started. One of my favorites, uh, repeat um, guest. Uh, she is a social media influencer, award-winning Amazon Live creator, and influencer market influencer marketing expert. She's generated over seven figures of revenue for Amazon sellers and brands in the past year and has been streaming with Amazon Live uh, as an A-lister and creator. With her community of over 1 million followers, yep, 1 million followers. I just wish I had 10. Anyways, 1 million followers on TikTok. She shares uh, the best Amazon deals and products across seven different platforms. I am talking about my friend, Gracie Ryback, and she will be here shortly. Just one quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Clear Ads. Looking to maximize your Amazon ads ROI? Well, whether you need full service or just one or two services, Clear Ads Amazon advertising experts drive outstanding results across the Amazon marketplace. With over nine years of experience, their Amazon PPC managers have helped thousands of companies to drive down their cost of sales and scale up their revenue, profits, and orders. And with their unrivaled Amazon DSP expertise, ClearAd's DSP services are tailored to your brand. You really can't go wrong. Get in touch today with ClearAd's dedicated team by visiting the link in the description or visiting clearads.co.uk. And remember, more sales, better ROI, incredible growth. Check out ClearAds today. All right, where is the squire? That is me. Hello. How are Hi. you doing? Are you feeling any better? I'm feeling a bit better. A, a bit. bit. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm, we'll I'm, take I it. I still might, you know, hit a couple people up with uh, a couple of coughs, but... You know, sorry about that hey, in advance. That's all the fun of live. But anyways, oh. welcome everyone. Welcome to the show. Of course, smash those like buttons. Give us a thumbs up if you're excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking about influencers today. And we've got a great influencer with us uh, to share her secrets. So if you have any questions at all, throw them over into the comment sections. Let us know. Uh, fill it up. Also, I uh, just want to say a quick hello to CoolHand99. Hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday as well. And Connor, good to see you guys. Again, any questions, comments, put them over in the comment sections. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group. That's Lunch with Norm, Amazon FBA and e-commerce collective. Links are in the descriptions too. And uh, yeah, we can kind of jump right into it. Uh, if there's anything else we should touch on. Yeah, just one quick thing, Kels. So uh, Canadians, I'm going to mention this a couple of times. There is a uh, an event happening. It's a nighttime event. It's free uh, here in Toronto. Uh, we we have quite a few Amazon sellers, 
but the events pretty much stopped uh, since COVID. We used to have sort of a monthly meeting, a meetup, and it just completely stopped after COVID. So there is an event coming. It's being hosted by Trellis. Uh, it is going to be on the 15th. Uh, I forget the name of it. Kelsey will post the link. 100% um, free. It's just going to be a night for Amazon sellers to get together, start talking. Anyways, if you're interested, just uh, click on the link and register. Yeah, the event is called E-Commerce Canada, I believe. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And AMZ One Step's going to be there as well. There'll be a couple of other speakers. But um, anyways, it's going to be an informal uh, group. Okay, so I guess we can start. So if right. you do have any comments or suggestions or whatever you want, questions, throw them in the comments section and we will get started in one second. So just sit back, relax, grab that cup of coffee. Welcome, Gracie. Hi, we're back, Norm. We are back, back again. <laughs> I missed you at our marshmallow thing the other night. I know, but trust it, it you guys created such FOMO around it and it looked like so much fun. <laughs> I, I wish that I, I could have been there. It was it looked amazing. And the I next think time. there will be more in the future, right? There is, there is, there's already something planned for next year. So uh, yeah, we're going to be announcing that shortly. So yeah, we had a, we had a blast. Sign me up. <laughs> okay. All right. So for, I guess, you know, before we even touch on the best budget, you know, best ways mm -hmm. to find influencers, mm -hmm. is there anything new happening uh, with Amazon live or influencers, influencer marketing right now? Ooh, really good question. It's a loaded question. Yeah. So I think in the grand scheme of influencer industry, there is a lot of more live streaming. Kind of uh, brands getting into live streaming that never did before. A lot of integrating live streams into brand websites and taking it off of Amazon and basically using influencers to represent the brands on their channels as opposed to having influencers do their own live streams. There's pros and cons to both. Okay. But it's just something I've seen recently, especially with um, Walmart coming onto the influencer scene as well. Um, they actually are starting their application process for influencers to sign up with, but I don't think the program has officially started yet. But obviously that's exciting for us as a new opportunity to, you know, share our content. So live streaming in that sense. Uh, not much news on the TikTok front or anything else on that matter. Yeah. yeah. With with Walmart, are they going to allow live stream as well? Looks like it. Oh, like very it. cool. Yeah, they're coming for Amazon. <laughs> yes, they are in, in all areas, by the yes. way, not yes, just that. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about live streaming on other uh, websites, like a Shopify mm -hmm. website, your own website. Yeah. Are you talking about downloading the Amazon Live and then uploading it over to the site? Or are you talking about a live stream going on to StreamYard and just, just blasting it out? The second option. So actually having nothing to do with Amazon at all, huh. brands are working with, um, I know one company that does this, it's called Firework. They actually partnered with Walmart to do this sort of thing, but they have influencers basically have live streams on the company's website themselves and integrate it around the company's website. So they have shoppable videos and live streams as customers can shop on their site. Completely nothing to do with Amazon. So that could be interesting. That could be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
One other thing I saw, I don't know if this is new or not, mm -hmm. but uh, on the Amazon Live uh, creator, I was just, I was dabbling with it the other day mm -hmm. and I saw an area where you can upload a sponsor. Yes. Yes. What is that about? So right now we believe it's geared more towards Amazon sponsored live streams, AKA you're working directly with Amazon with a sponsor. Amazon usually provides a little graphic saying sponsored by brand name. And that is an opportunity for like influencers to upload their own brand graphic uh, or a sponsor graphic. I'm, I'm think you can use it for non Amazon sponsored streams as well. Um, it's just a good way for you to be, sorry. It's just a good way for you to be able to show who's sponsoring the live stream. It's not necessary. And usually it's more for those Amazon streams, but okay, that's what it's for. All right. Very good. Well, let's get right into this now. Sure. Budget friendly. So I, I've talked to a lot of people that say that it's, it really is just too expensive. Influencers, even the lower end influencers mm -hmm. are asking way too much money now. Like they, they might have, they, I'm, I'm talking about a small nano influencer yeah. just getting started mm -hmm. asking for a hundred or 200 bucks mm -hmm. just to get a video going. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on this? So that's a really interesting concept because for me, on the other side of things, me as an influencer, knowing the work that goes behind creating the content that I do, of course, we're, you know, trying to get paid fairly for our right. work, especially if it's a full-time job, we have to get paid for our work. But it's weird because on the other end, as I work with a lot of brands, I can completely understand how they're trying to be the most budget friendly. They're trying to get the most bang for their buck and they're trying to get what they need for their brand without spending hundreds of dollars, upwards of thousands of dollars. So... In comes the theme of today, which is like how to be budget friendly about it. Right. Um, I think, first of all, I've seen a lot of good UGC websites come across. I've come across recently. One of them being Ian Sells. I don't know if you know him, but he has a website called Join Brands. And I've, I've used it myself. I think it's a really cool marketplace style website where brands can post their opportunity, post like, I'm looking for a video of this product and I'm willing to offer $50 plus product in return for your UGC video. And instead of matching it up or anything like that, Use, or influencers can basically apply, request a product, submit the video and go about their day. So it's kind of like a simple way to get very budget friendly UGC content, but that's UGC. And there's so, also Billow, which is another alternative to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know Billow, but what was the other one by Ian? Join Brands. Join Brands. Join Brands, yeah. I've never, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, yeah. I've used it yeah. myself, I like it. Oh, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then with Billow, mm -hmm. one of the things, so we've used Billow and we have used Billow uh, for some of our launches. And the way we use that, very inexpensive. Yes. Um, good quality, you know, good quality uh, product for what, what you're paying for. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we get the video. Mm -hmm. it, it's your video. So you mm -hmm. get the video and then we splice it into screen captures. Yes. So one video that might cost... I don't know, let's say 89 bucks, yeah. maybe slightly, if you want a few things added, um, it might be a hundred, you know, might be, but uh, I think it ranges from 59, just slightly over a hundred bucks, mm -hmm. but I can get 10 pieces of user content easily out of it. 
yep. easily. Yep. And it, it's fairly good quality. So you can you can get them to do unboxing, testimonial, right. uh, how-tos. You just have to let them know what what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So Billow is is uh, is a a great platform. Do you know of any others? Dang, I wish I did. I wish I had like a list that I prepared with alternatives. Right now, my top two are Billow and Join Brands. I think yep. Join Brands is. Um, somewhat new, but growing very rapidly. And I like the process. Um, they kind of vet the influencers content and to earn certifications so they can unlock better paying or unlock higher level campaigns. And I like that about them. I'm sure, I'm sure there are other alternatives out there. I just don't have any on top of mind right now. Um, but I think that's a really important thing. What you just said is the strategy behind it like communicating with the influencer, you know, what kind of content you're looking for. So they provide and repurposing that content in so many different ways to get the best value out of it. I know uh, Shane uh, Oglo and I did a, uh, did a course mm -hmm. on just content yeah. for amazing. And we took a piece of content, which, well, it was one piece, but we added a news, uh, a press release and a blog article and we showed how you could create 100, uh, 100 pieces of refurbished or, um, yeah, uh, repurposed content mm -hmm. off of one, one item. Wow. Now, can you imagine doing it with a video? Because a video, you have so many opportunities, especially oh, yeah. if you're cutting, you know, mm -hmm. to different scenes. Right. So it, it's beautiful. There's so many opportunities out there. I think so. And, Wow. I need to look into that because I couldn't imagine a hundred ways, but yes. it's possible. Yeah. And just yeah. think like with snippets and just, just think with a snippet on mm -hmm. Twitter mm -hmm. and how many questions that you can ask, how many comments you can make right. and it could lead back right. to something. And the other thing is um, one of the things I learned, I don't know um, if you do this at all, or if, if you heard of this, but uh, in social media, uh, just to put just to put that one piece of user generated content into a queue mm -hmm. i've heard the magic number is seven times and people will say oh no that's too much people will no people's feeds get full oh yeah they miss your content mm -hmm. and so you can put it and you can repurpose and you can repurpose you you might want to add a different thumbnail if it's a video sure but, uh, seven times so a budget. There you go. Seven piece of content saved. I think that's a really good idea. And I think if you're not doing that with the content that you're paying for, it's almost like a waste when you could. So I oh, think yeah. the content is like a huge, huge, huge factor for it. Knowing what to yeah, do. With e it. Yeah. And even if like you're, you're on Amazon live and mm -hmm. I don't Okay. I never really thought of this. Somebody hires you or you go and do an Amazon live. Mm -hmm. Now you, you, you're live with their content. Mm -hmm. Can that person, can that brand, if you agree to it, take the content that you just did on Amazon live, download it, put it onto their YouTube channel or take what I just said and take snippets of it and repurpose it. For sure. I mean, as long as you have, permission and as long as uh, uh, they're on both both ends are on the same page 
that's absolutely a great idea. And I think it's important to kind of mention that before the video actually happens, because usually when somebody says, oh, I would like to purchase copyright so I can have ownership of this video, I will make sure that there are no graphics in my way covering up the product or covering up anything around me so that they have a clean piece of content that they can use. And Amazon does offer a feature where you can download the MP4 file of the live stream to give to somebody so they can cut it up or slice it up however they want. So if somebody asks you that, mm -hmm. are you charging more as an influencer? Yeah, usually because copyright yeah. usage is something that people usually charge extra for. I know some people right. who kind of do it in a timeline fashion, like we'll give you copyright usage for six months or a year or indefinitely. Usually my, my way is indefinitely because I don't want the process of like keeping track of who has content when the deadline is. I don't want to do any of that. So usually it's just like a one-time fee. This is your video to use now. Use it however you please. Um, some, some people charge 100 to 500. Uh, yep. It depends on who it is, depends on what the content is. But for Amazon live streams, when there's the content is there's nothing I really plan to do with it on my end. So usually I'm, I am happy to, you know, sell the copyright for it if the brand would like it. Right. And I just wanted to bring that up because it's so important. You're, if you're a seller, mm -hmm. don't think you're getting ripped off because the influencer, you know, is doing that. Uh, the influencer that this is their job. Uh, this is what they do for a living. And all of a sudden, they make this content, which is very reasonably paced for the part. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, want it. And this, like you said, Gracie, it should be negotiated up front um, and probably get a, I, I wouldn't say, I can't speak for you, but at, as, at least if you know it, then you can consider it when you're quoting it. If it comes in after the fact, uh, who knows, you know? Right, right. And to add on and, to that, there's yes. there's a lot of things that I do differently when I know that the brand wants the content. Like instead of checking the, the chat and responding to people in the chat in the middle of talking about the product, I will do more of like a seamless product demo and then check the chat after. Just as an example of something that would probably make the brand's life easier when they're splicing it up instead of like da-da-da-da, chat, da-da-da, chat, because that would be annoying and yeah. very cut up. So I think it's definitely important to let them know beforehand so they can frame the product properly with that in mind. And then also when you are, if you are on a budget mm -hmm. and you know, things are tight, you're, you might be just new to Amazon. You're trying to try to figure this out. One of the things I would highly not recommend is taking the, the influencers information without permission, but even more so if they have a coupon code on there, to try to scrape it or try to remove it. Uh, you could be heading for a lawsuit if, if that does happen. And I do know influencers that have gone after people who uh, have tried to take off or tried to manipulate the video to show it as their own content. So, I mean, that's the ugly side of this. And usually, like we were just talking, all this is easy to work out oh, at yeah. a very easy cost, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I know a lot of influencers that are finding their shoppable video content on YouTube or even on the same product page that they uploaded it to. That's a copyright strike in every situation and they usually win. 
So it's just not worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I know um, we promote this knife company and they thought that they could put up. So they got the, this was uh, a little bit different. This was uh, something that was done for YouTube. It was mm -hmm. a great, really, really well done video. Mm -hmm. So my client uploaded it to YouTube or sorry, to his Amazon listing. And it did not take long before he got a letter just yeah. saying that he better take it down or, but it could have been worse than that. Yes. Yeah. More expensive than just purchasing the, the content. The a beginning. lot more expensive. Yeah. 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 So, you know, just be careful of that when you're mm -hmm. doing it. Don't try to do it on the cheap. Even if you're on yeah. the budget, you can find influencers like we were talking about uh, with Billow. Uh, mm -hmm. I, again, I've never tried Ian's method of doing it, but I have to check that out. It join brands. Okay. Um, now, are there any other ways that you're looking at, uh, looking at a budget? Uh, like if you're going to TikTok or if you're going to any of these other uh, platforms, how yeah. can you do this? So I will be the biggest promoter of micro-influencers. I'm always saying use micro-influencers for your budget-friendly campaigns. Like if you don't have much budget, if you want to do gifted campaigns or commission-based campaigns, commission only, micro-influencers are so undervalued and so many are joining the influencer content creation industry and they're looking for brands specifically. Like I think the larger influencers that are more high budget, they probably get a lot of emails and like people requesting to work with them. And that's why it's, it's, kind of to the point where you're no longer paying for their quality of content and you're paying for their time just because they have so many people asking to work with them. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with working with nano micro influencers. And Paul Barron is a, a guy who's always talking about micro influencers. I think he has a great concept of it and he has a great strategy around it, but they're usually a lot lower budget. You could probably find a partnership with a micro influencer for a couple hundred dollars at the most. And then the best case is gifted plus commission or whatnot, but then you can just vet them based on content, not on follower count. Look at their previous content, see the quality of it, see their style. That's the best way to see what kind of content you can expect out of them. And then, like we talked about the copyright situation, you can then purchase copyright to their content and then repurpose that as well as get their content posted on their platform. But at that point, you can run ads with it. You can post it on your socials. You could put it on your listing, your website, whatnot. And that's just more ways to get value out of their content. You know, when we were in Mexico, uh, you were talking about this, but a lot of people have troubles mm -hmm. finding the TikTok influencer. Uh, they'll write a, an email, and I suspect it would probably be a form letter. Um, but, you know, it's just they blast out and they get very, very, very low response. Mm -hmm. Are, do you have any tips that you can give to sellers to get a higher response rate? Yeah. So I think I've gotten probably every kind of outreach email possible at this point. It's been like, hi, I want to work with you. <laughs> and then there's like very, very much detail. There's life story, there's links, there's more details and stuff like that, which I think is more appreciated. So here's my advice on how to get more influencers to respond to you. Um, go into it with a partnership mindset. Think what is in it for this influencer 
as much as what's in it for me instead of like, what can I get out of this influencer? Me, 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 me. Um, and I think that's very, very apparent when you first reach out to them. Um, if they have an email in their bio, definitely email them instead of DM. If they don't have an email, of course, DM is like the second best option. But when you are reaching out to them, something that offends creators a lot, and not me personally, but other people, sometimes they will not BCC and just CC all the creators that they email. Oh, geez. Are and you serious? Oh, I wish I was kidding. What do you, <laughs> I wish I was kidding. And you'll just see like a, a long list of creator emails and then like just the same template sent to everybody. And oh I've, I've, I've also seen creators reply all and be like, you could have at least BCC'd. You could have at least, you know, in the, it, the email template is slightly personalized. Like we love your content. It's, it's so inspirational. That's kind of a bad note to start on. And um, another thing you could do is at least address the creator by name. I know that this might be slightly more time consuming just to even address them by name, but that creates a huge difference, especially if you're taking time to vet and find them, you know, at least, you know, address them. And there's just a couple of different things you could do, like add your product link instead of having the influencer have to go back and ask for it. Um, let them know up front, hey, this is gifted. Hey, this is commission. Hey, this is flat fee paid. Let them know so they can take all the information in the first outreach email that they get so they can give you an answer without having to go back and forth and like ask all the details of it. Because I think that is what stops a lot of creators from responding. Because when I'm e reading through an email, I'm like, okay, cool. What's the product? Cool. Like, what's the timeline of this? Cool. Is there a budget for this? Um, cool. What, what are they really looking for? What platforms are they interested in? Is it Amazon live? Is it TikTok? What exactly are we doing here? And instead of going back and forth and like asking a million questions, there's just, you, there no reply, you know? So give as much information as you can upfront, be concise, but be specific. Um, let them know budget timeline, what your product is, what platform you're looking for, the deliverables and, um, your name, their name, influencer name, brand name, whatever it may be. And those are usually the five things that are necessary for the influencer to get a good idea of whether or not they're interested. So you can create a, a template for that where yeah. just it, it lays out just like a plan of action when you're oh, yeah. writing Amazon, mm -hmm. but just, you know, your ASIN or your SKU, mm -hmm. like you said, the platform, but it, mm -hmm. it's all laid out. And like personal, I think personalizing it makes a huge difference. Like you say, if if, oh my God, I, I still can't believe that you said that it was just a, you know, just a CC to all these influencers. Yeah. That would, that would just tick me off. I would just, that would go into the delete file right away. I'm glad you understand. <laughs> Under, oh my, I, I hate, I really dislike when I get a Christmas card from an insurance company yeah. that just, it does the exact same thing. You know, it's, uh, it drives me crazy. Yeah. But, uh, so now you're going back and you've, you've set out this, uh, this um, email. Sorry, guys, I, I'm still just, I'm almost over this cold, but it's still making me a little foggy. You're doing great, Norm. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. But now when people are setting up that fixed rate mm -hmm. or the commission, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I don't mind. In fact, my, my choice is commission because then it goes performance-based. 
it makes the influencer that much more interested in working with me. And because they don't, you don't pay anything unless there could be a blend too. They might say, okay, I need some, something for my production. Uh, and it might be a much lower rate than fixed, but that's definitely something to think about. What, what's your preferred option? So I think that is a really interesting perspective on the brand's end of what commission-based kind of entails. Um, from a creator perspective, commission-based is exciting for some because it takes the direct pressure off of them to make a certain number of sales and they understand they're only getting paid for the sales that they do make. Um, instead of incentivizing the creator to make as many sales as they can, usually it means a more casual partnership of like, okay, like I'll post this product or I'll talk about this product to whatever extent I want to and whatever sales come, come. And I think from a brand, it they might think it motivates the creator. And for some creators that might be the case, but a lot of times it just, it's a less prioritized type of campaign. But I do want to say that if you do want to add a commission factor, then that could be, you know, grounds for lowering the flat fee aspect. Be like, hey, we'll give you 50 to $100 flat fee plus 10% commission on any sales you make, like you said, to cover the production value of the video and to reward the sales that they do drive. So I think that is a great campaign style, especially for micro influencers, because they're getting something for their time and their efforts, but they're also going to be paid more and more based on the sales that they drive. And that that does add a good factor instead of just commission only where they may or may not get paid at all for their efforts. So let's say, uh, you know, you, you might get a 10% commission. Now as a seller, you're gonna pay, don't think about it. This is money that you don't have to put into PPC or external traffic. So saving that, let's say you have a good PPC ACOS, uh, you know, 20%, let's say, which is probably never the case. You know, you're probably at 30 points plus, especially during holiday season, and you're paying 10%. Doesn't that make more sense? Especially it's only if, only if you get the sale. Now there could be the fixed, and that could be upfront, but I'm just, uh, we're, I'm talking about on a budget. So I, I don't know. I've been, I've been looking at, you know, Gracie, I've been yeah. looking at uh, trying to dive into this influencer thing myself. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the best that I've seen is some form of commission or combo. I like the combo method. Yeah, I love it because they're getting paid for their time and their efforts, but they're still getting, um, paid for their sales as well. And that motivates more sales, obviously. Another thing I want to mention with the 10% commission aspect is the brand referral bonus program and exactly. using attribution links. That is something that Amazon rewards you for. That is something Amazon puts back in your pocket. And you also get important data about the people who click on the attribution link that you could then retarget in the future for future paid campaigns or whatever you want to do with that. So I think that's a huge hack. It's a huge um, way to add value. I think that a lot of people don't really use it. And there's nothing that the influencer really loses out on as long as they're getting paid the commission that they would have gotten anyway from their affiliate link. And the brand is getting paid yeah. that regardless from the brand right. referral yeah. bonus. So that's something to consider too. 
it's got to be fair. It's got to be a win-win-win. And if it's That's not, if it's one-sided, yeah, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Okay. Now we're about halfway through. I just wanted to first say to the listeners, if you're on a budget, what are your main concerns? Is it working out for you? Let us know in the comments section. And we have a giveaway today. Gracie, why don't you talk about that for a sec? Sure. So like, like Norm just said, I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of brands wanting to get into influencer marketing. They want to try it out. If anything, they want to learn from it, start their own campaign, especially for Q4 with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas shopping coming up. So I would love to offer just like a strategy session. I will look at your brand. I will look at your product. I will look at the influencer marketing strategies you've tried before. And I will basically recommend a plan of action with tips, tricks, hacks, what platforms to focus on, how to vet the influencers, how to find the influencers for your niche specifically, and give you a whole plan of action that you can take with you for your future influencer marketing campaigns if you would like to get into them. So I just want to explain this for a second. Sure. Gracie does. Gracie is an A-lister. She is a top influencer. She's got over a million followers on TikTok. She doesn't do this. So if you go and try to find her, she doesn't just go out there and do consulting. Okay. She's doing it for the show and we really appreciate it. We asked her for a giveaway and she offered this. So if you are planning on doing any form of influencer uh, or influ not influencing, well, maybe influencing, but if you're looking for influencers, Gracie is definitely the person to look for. So she's got all the insights. This is, I want to join. Can I put in my name? Sure. By all means. Okay. Kelsey? Sure. <laughs> all right. There we go. Put it in twice. Okay. So now let's just go to a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back. I want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors who help keep our podcast running. The Lunch with Norm podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of the following sponsors. Post Purchase Pro, Clear Ads, Goldstein Patent Law, Hona Worldwide, Netfluence.co, Video Telepathy, Startup Club, and Dragonfish Brand Management. I just want to let our sponsors know, you're awesome. Now let's get back to the show. And we haven't put one in, but we've got to put another real good friend of the show, Jeff Check Legal. Uh, Jeff has sponsored the show. Uh, we've just, with my cold, I couldn't do a call out for him. So, once I get uh, once I get done this crap cold, I'll make sure that Jeff gets in there as well. But anyways, and thank you, Jeff, for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Gracie. Now I'm back. <clears throat> frog throat, frog in throat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so let's talk about uh, user generated content. Sure, sure. We touched on it. What are some of the things that people can do once you've done it? Mm -hmm. and they have access to your content, mm -hmm. what can they do with it? Sure. So first of all, they can upload it to their Amazon listing in the short video section of their listing, which I'm always talking about. That helps mm -hmm. um, as much as many videos as you can get in that little list, the better it is for conversions, for keeping your traffic on your page. And then you could also, as long as you have copyright to that video, then you can run paid ads. You can post it on your own brand socials. Um, and that's actually something I want to touch on after I we talk about UGC. But 
Um, you can put it on your website. You can add it to your listing. You know how there's like photos and there's like the video at the end of the photos on your uh, yeah. listing. You can add it there too. And you can run it as ads on any platform you want. Put it on Pinterest and uh, link it back to your your site. That's evergreen. That's not even like social media. That'll stay there forever. I love Pinterest. It's like an image search engine. So that is forever there. You could um, put it on YouTube even. you And that's evergreen as well. You could... Um, I think TikTok ads are really, really good, especially if you get like a good piece of content to run ads with. That could be killer. Um, there's a lot you could do with it paid ads, you know, website, socials, blogs, blogs, Pinterest, a lot you could do. Yeah. And then splice it. Splice it. Yeah. And not only that, if you have a product video, mm -hmm. you can splice it into your product video. Or if you have testimonials, because this actually leads to another question, but you had something you wanted to talk about. Yeah. What, what was that? Be, I don't want you to forget. Sure. So last night I actually found out that, um, and this is something that I, I used to say may not have been as worth it for brands to do because the whole point of working with influencers is to reach their audience. But since we're talking about budget-friendly ways, I think this is like a new thing that I learned. I think it's worth sharing. So Amazon Live. Brands can also go live on Amazon and share their own product. Now, when they do as a brand, they don't get commissions for the sales that they make. They obviously are talking about their own product. They get their own sales. But there's a huge difference between influencer live streams and brand live streams on their own products. Brand live streams on their own products are actually extremely profitable because they are so much more targeted than influencer live streams. Like my live streams, I might get a lot of viewers but I might be on the deal page or the homepage and these viewers, they might not even want to see me. They, they might not be interested in anything I'm talking about. They just happen to see me. But brand live streams, they're featured in two places, I believe, their product listing and their um, brand page, their brand storefront. And obviously, all the viewers that are going to stumble upon the stream are very interested in the products already. So the conversion is so much higher. Um, because they're not getting commissions, they get a lot more sales actually that are attributed back to this live stream and they get a lot of content that they can then use UGC type content that they can use in all the ways that we mentioned um, if they do hire an influencer to stream on their behalf on their brand channel so this is something I discredited before but this is something that's kind of come up again and be like okay like this might be something to look into very cool so just going live Going live on your own Amazon live channel. And if you don't have the time, hire an influencer who you like, who does have the time, send them your line of products and they can go live twice a week, an hour, two hours at a time and try it out. See the results that you get because the results that I've heard are um, surprising to me. Okay. So let's say I have a soap company. Sure. And I have, I, I have my creator or my Amazon live uh, I'm ability. I have an ability to go live. Mm -hmm. How does the influencer get into my account to go live? So there is, I mean, you could share the login. That's one way to do it. I do believe there's also the stream key that you could provide them. They could go oh. live from OBS, Ecamm, StreamYard, whatever yeah. it may be. Give them the stream key. They could go live themselves from there and you could run giveaways, which are very, very incentivizing. Um, you could also 
you know, take huge advantage of Prime Day, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, these events, and just have like live streams primarily on those days or leading up to those days. So yeah, I think stream key would be good. Or you can give a login if you're comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, because I think the the other time, the last time we had you on, you weren't too keen on that. Yeah, I wasn't. But then I found out that these sales are just a lot more than I expected them to be. So, oh, there we go. Okay, go live, everybody. <laughs> so uh, the other thing I want to talk about, mm -hmm. and this could become a budget issue because you're giving product away, you know, to influencers, but, and you could be giving it to a lot of influencers. What type of content can you ask the influencer for? And there's a reason for this. Sure. So that like just giving them your product, what are you allowed to, what type of content can they produce? Unboxing video, review video, review, I guess is a little bit different than testimonial video, a how to, tutorial video. Um, you could do like a roundup, five best lip glosses from Amazon, five best supplements that I take every day from Amazon, five best uh, brother gift ideas from Amazon. Beard oil, beard oil. Beard oil, best beard oils on Amazon. And of course, the, like the best of roundups could be like a little bit iffy with the competitor situation, but you could also frame it in a way of like, ooh, this one's better than this one because of this, that, and the other. You could frame it how you want. So there's a lot of different styles of videos that you could do. You could just show somebody using it. There's, there's a million ways. But just from giving somebody product, you could make five different types of very, very helpful videos around your product. At least. And the reason why I asked that okay. is because out of those five mm -hmm. You could probably make, ah, oh, I can't even endless amounts of different videos because you can splice bits and pieces together, just making up this kind of Frankenstein video, you know, and you could just repurpose all of that different types of content. If you do get, and let's say that you do get, um, you do get a review or a testimonial from other sources, you could bring in testimonials and all of a sudden you can have these, uh, what Rob Burns is uh, marketplace reviews, right? And you can tie that into product demos, to uh, a testimonial. There might be a little how-to. There could be some unboxing. And you just mix it all up. And then you can take also screen captures and start putting them on your social. But one of the areas that we like doing all of this, and this is with one image and then a lot of, um, sorry, one video and a lot of images is in our blog articles. So that's where we purpose a lot of this. So, right. and we, we also put it into our uh, press releases. That's a really good idea. And I, I want to say, especially for the holidays, people are still using Google, shockingly. Um, <laughs> people are still like searching up, like, what are the best parent presents I can find on Amazon? If you can just do a really good SEO article, feature your product in there, that could lead a lot of external traffic back to your listing. That is super valuable. So I'm somebody who's like all about video, less about static images, but static images for blog posts, that's a really, really good strategy too. We just uh, launched a website. This is all organic. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in buying traffic, you Love know, it. To, to, it. to it's all organic. Same with right. this podcast, all organic. But uh, we saw a jump from 
about 100 to 200 visitors on one of these brand pages that we launched. And then my SEO person came in and said, we need content. We need more content, uh, like quality, high quality blog articles, mm -hmm. images and video. Mm -hmm. The month that we did it, we ended up with 2,100 people and all the keywords that they were looking for, we had. So now we knew that we could target them in our store. Mm -hmm. Just target, like there's the pop-up. They're talking about aloe vera soap, boop, you know, or at the end it talks about if you're looking for aloe vera, because we're talking about the benefits of, um, all of a sudden they're there. They, they're, they've read it. They've, you know, they're, they have a feel good about it. Now they have an impulse buy. Exactly. And it's so much impulse buying these days. So as long as you have the right people falling on to the right content, the good price going on, impulse buy. Exactly. Especially now, Q4, impulse buy season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great stocking stuffers. Yes. All right. Another question. I don't think we've ever talked about this, but are you able to leverage uh, influencers, micro-influencers? Or how do you? Yeah. So I think micro-influencers... The best part is that they're so eager to work with brands. They're getting started. They don't have a million people reaching out to them every day. And they want the product to be able to create content with maybe even just to build their portfolio. And don't discredit them and say like, oh, their content is going to be low quality or it's not going to be of the um, you know, quality that a big influencer will be. These micro influencers, sometimes much better than the larger ones. I'll tell you that. Like there is so much discrediting of them. And I, I think um, you said before in the podcast or before that, you know, it was hard to vet them or hard to find them. My strategy always is to use hashtags. Um, and then you could also let's take beard oil for the sake of theme. Let's take beard oil. Say like hashtag beard oil on Instagram. Hashtag beard oil on TikTok, hashtag beard oil, even on Facebook. That's actually something I want to mention too after this, but note on Facebook groups. Um, I think using hashtags and keywords on social media can just bring you all the content that's already talking about whatever that product is. You can niche down the keyword and then find your creators there. And just like that, it, it will take a little bit of time just like going through their content, but finding a good one that you like the style of, you can reach out and like develop a really great long-term partnership. And I think long-term partnerships are something that's gonna save you a lot of time and hassle in the long run. Instead of finding a new fresh influencer for everything you do, find one that really fits your brand well and almost turn them into a brand ambassador. Like turn them into somebody who's always um, involving your product into their content naturally and organically long-term. Like this person really loves your product. It, it really shows in their content. You don't have to keep finding new people every single time and you develop a really great um, relationship with that one or few. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I like about Paul Barron when he uh, when he involves the influencer. So a lot of times it could be a repeat customer or he could reach out. He has influencers. But then when he converts them over to that brand ambassador, it really becomes a community among itself. Like he'll go out if he's in an area and he'll have a lunch with, you know, all of his brand ambassadors. Uh it really is quite cool when it gets to that point. These are people who have a passion for your product. Um, some people you pay, some people actually 
pay for the product. It might be 50% off at that point, but a lot of a lot of the times you're still paying a price for it, but it's well worth it. They they love your product and they want to promote your product. And from the influencer perspective, that's awesome. Like if I find a brand, they're family owned, I, I know the brand owners themselves, that is a lot more incentivizing for me because instead of working with a huge retail brand, that's like a corporation that I will never meet the founder of, I know these people, I know their story, I know, you know, their brand, I know that they started from, you know, this product and grew and like, they take my input as a customer, and they actually apply that. I think that's great. And that's a really great way to just involve your customers in your brand strategy of like, what would make my product better? What are they looking for? What are the pain points of why people might not like it? And how can I actually implement these changes to make a better product and make my customers happier? And then they just naturally turn into fans. Oh, you had another point. Oh, yeah. Facebook groups, completely kind of different point. But I think Facebook groups are a very underutilized um, little niche area of influencers that if you haven't heard of before, should look into. There are these like massive Facebook deal groups that couponers deal people run i have one too and basically they just post discounted products deals from amazon and they charge so little per post it could be anywhere from free a dollar to ten dollars usually it's no long no more than like ten dollars just to like put their um post up there and a lot of them are super 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 engaged like every post they do get like 50 to 100 comments so a very another budget friendly way to like reach a huge new audience is these Facebook deal groups. There's no video content. There's no extravagant content. It's just the here's product link discount. There it is. And depending on the product, it could do a lot of sales from that. What's your group called? Deal cheats. Shocking. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I have about 144,000 members right now. Um, but I know a lot of other similar groups like that, that do a lot of good engagement. And I've seen one post result in 50 to a couple hundred sales just wow. from one post that may have been less than $10 to post. I can't speak for their price, but like from what I've seen. That's crazy. Yeah. I, ne I Yeah. I, I wasn't really thinking along those lines, but uh, yeah, Facebook groups, check yep. them out. Yep. Yep. Okay. Last thing. Mm -hmm. we've touched on it but anything else that you have any tips yeah. on finding vetting influencers yeah so here is just my my perspective of like how, how i've seen brands look at influencer marketing recently and there's a little bit of a misconception and um this is just to kind of clarify expectations on what to kind of expect out of your campaigns. So something that I've heard a lot of from brands is I want at least a 5X ROI on this campaign. And I think that's a little bit of a wrong way to think about influencer marketing because they're basically comparing influencers to paid ads. They're like, I want to put this amount of money in. I expect a 5X amount in return from sales. And if not, then you are a failure and you are not good. And this was a waste of time and money. And I say that because influencers are so completely different from ads, but I feel like because they're both marketing and external traffic, they've been grouped to one. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as a brand, as a sell, like I want to hear your thoughts, but um, 
I just think that's a wrong way to think about it because influencer marketing can provide a halo of benefits, just like brand awareness, reaching a new audience, uh, people discovering your product, or maybe external traffic onto your onto your listing, um, maybe a couple sales here and there. But to be honest, sales are not even the core factor of using influencers. But I think a lot of people think that it is. It's the, the sales are the only metric of success they look at and everything else doesn't matter. But I want to say that in, for influencer marketing, it is the everything else that does provide value and matters in the you know marketing scheme of your brand long-term. And sales are a factor of it, but it is not everything and it is not the sole thing. And I don't think it would be fair to compare a paid ad to using an influencer for a campaign. I think that's uh, where a lot of people go wrong. Yeah. They're, they're comparing that. And, you know, you, you want to build your brand, you want to build brand awareness. Mm -hmm. And over time, you want to build up an army of influencers. Yeah. And I think once that is achieved, then you're going to see a lot more sales come in. But managing expectations for sellers mm -hmm. is pretty tough because I, when I think a lot of the YouTube videos, podcasts, when we're talking about influencers, it's about getting those extra sales. I, I, I know a couple of people who have only used influencers to build their business, mm -hmm. but they've done it in a way over a period of time where it made sense. Mm -hmm. Two different things. If you're going to do Facebook uh, ads and targeting your audience that way, that's one thing. Yeah. This is brand awareness, building yeah. your brand and over time acting as a shotgun. And if you have enough micro influencers or nano influencers, you build their network out. Mm -hmm. And if you just like a radio ad, if you work with them and you work with them multiple times, even uh, they're going to get the word out for you and their their listeners or their network are going to see it over and over as well. So that's, that's how I look at it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good perspective. I think you're right on that. Um, and it's just managing expectations, knowing the full value of what an influencer can provide for your brand in the long term, and to look at the halo as a whole, instead of just purely sales as a determining factor of success. Yeah. Yeah. And don't overpay guys. Don't overpay. Like if, if there's somebody that's, you know, brand spanking new, don't give them a thousand dollars for a video. Uh, make sure you check around. And exactly like Gracie was mentioning, the more information you can provide, the more professional you look, the yeah. better your brand looks, and the more the influencer wants to work with you rather than somebody that's just shot over. What was what you said? Hi, I want to work with you or something yep. like that. Yeah. No name, no sign off. No, no, no. Just, I want to work with you. So uh, just remember that. So, Kels, I think uh, we got a bunch of questions. Oh, yay. We sure do. Um, okay. So let's just jump into it. Tony uh, is asking, are more creators interested in shoppable videos or are they going towards the Amazon Live? What do you think? I think that a lot of creators are realizing that unless they have a brand sponsorship for Amazon Live, that it may potentially not be worth the effort that they put into it. And I completely understand that. Um, so that's why I think the shoppable video is a great thing that a lot of more creators are focusing on. One, because they don't have to be on as a host of a show for upwards of two hours, which is exhausting for a lot of people. 
they can't be, you know, host a show them a one person show for two hours. So the shoppable videos are a great way to just like create videos of stuff around your house, upload it to Amazon and earn commissions over time. First of all, because they're evergreen, they build up on each other. The more videos you make, the more commissions you make over time. And that is an amazing passive income stream. I know that you guys had John Shea on your podcast. Yeah, just recently. Big fan of him. He has done an amazing job with the shoppable videos. And I know he's making a great income from it. And he has done it really, really well. He makes video reviews of anything and everything he has. He focuses on high ticket products. Um, and like he said, he's like, if your product is, you know, something that I think is worth my time to do, I'll do it for free or very little budget, you know, because the commissions come from Amazon, not from the seller. So I think more creators are interested in that because it gives them more freedom. It's not as intense to do. They can do it with stuff that they already own and it's evergreen so that once they make the video and upload it, they don't really have to think about it or touch it again. It just makes the money over time. And especially for holidays like Prime Day, Black Friday shopping holidays, you see that big spike in sales as well. And that's always exciting. So yeah. I would say, so yes, my answer to that. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, uh, next question is from CoolHand99. Uh, this may have already been answered, but I had to step away for a bit. How much, if any, uh, intro relationship should happen before asking to work with an influencer? So I don't think there's like a dinner date that needs to happen or anything, but I think... Um, as long as you make a proper respectful introduction to it, that's all that needs to happen. Um, I, I always prefer email over DM because I think what we're doing here is a professional exchange. So email is always better than DM. But all you have to do is, um, you know, introduce yourself, tell tell the influencer what you're looking for. Hey, I'm interested in Amazon Live. Hey, I'm interested in a TikTok. Hey, I'm interested in UGC, whatever it may be. Um, give them a link to your product so they can check it out, see if it's a good fit. Um, say, hey, I, it, this is gifted. Let me know if you're interested. Hey, this is paid. Hey, this is flat fee plus commission, whatever it is. And then, um, hey, I'm, I'm looking to get this done for a Black Friday campaign in the next two weeks. Let me know if you have time. And I'd love to hear your rates and whether or not you're interested. There it is. Very good. I remember you mentioning in one of your presentations that you also, if the if the people reaching out, um, they personalized it and mentioned yeah. maybe <clears throat> a couple of your videos before too. Yeah. That does that make a difference? I think so. As long as it's genuine and not like, hey, your video content is great. And it's like email to 20 people. As long as it's genuine, like, hey, I love the video that you made about this product. I thought it was great. That, that means a lot because it means it shows that you actually watch my content. You actually mean it. It's not a generalized template and you actually think I'm a good fit. That actually definitely makes a difference. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one is from Claudia, fellow Canadian. Uh, we are looking at a farmhouse home decor products right now. Uh, what platforms, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook would be the best for the farmhouse home decor niche, please? First of all, excellent niche because there's so much opportunity for it. I think if you looked up like home decor, so popular right now because people are spending more time at home. If you look at YouTube, I would look at more like evergreen type content. Find like home decor um, creators, find people who talk about how to decorate your home, like maybe in a more uh, tutorial or informational educational sense, as well as like home tours. You could look at three of those content creators, especially on TikTok. I think it's a mix of like evergreen and short form. 
TikTok and maybe Facebook and Instagram are short form. Uh, Pinterest and YouTube are long form. So doing a mix of both is very important. So the content doesn't fizzle out. And um, for TikTok, especially tons of home decor content creators. And this stuff is so impulse buy. If you see a cute cup, you're like, oh, I'm, I want that. I'm getting it. Um, if you see a cute couch, a cute cookie tin, it's, it's a quick buy and find creators who are already, you know, trusted in the home decor space. Use hashtags, farmhouse decor, home decor, home aesthetic, whatever hashtags you think would be fitting with your brand. Look for creators, vet them out with their content. If they're already kind of doing like farmhouse decor and they have a big audience that is interested in farmhouse decor, see if you can partner up with somebody like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, awesome. Next one again from Tony. Uh, since most people want to do videos on the best selling items, how does Amazon decide to rotate which influencer videos at the bottom of the listing? Yeah. So there's a lot of um, product listings getting a lot of saturated with videos. And of course, there's only 15 placements. So Amazon has to decide which influencer videos do we show? And there's also the other aspect of consumer reviews that are not influencer videos. Consumers can post videos and it might be a horrible one-star review video might show the product doesn't work might show it's broken, but Amazon wants to put that on your listing that hurts. So how do you get um, your video to actually show up on the listing that I would say is all about how much it converts. Obviously, Amazon is all about conversion. The more video converts to an actual sale, the better it will do and the more possible that Amazon keeps the video there. And to do that, think of as a consumer, what I'm looking for in a video. If I'm like just saying like, oh, I'm just holding the product. Let's say I'm talking about this hairspray. Oh, this hairspray. Um, this is what it looks like. Here's the bottle. That doesn't really convince me to buy. But if I'm like, here's my hair routine. Here's how I use it. And here's what my hair looks like after before and after works wonders as a video technique. Mm -hmm. So here's my hair before it looks like a hot mess. I'm using this hairspray da, 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 and here's my finished, my finished product. Now I'm like, Oh, I see how it works. I see what it's done. And now I'm going to buy it. And that's going to help the video stay up there. All right. Yeah. Okay. We just have a couple more. Uh, next one is from Chuck, uh, going back to like the Facebook, uh, groups and deals, mm -hmm. uh, how to find them. Do you search deal groups on Facebook? Is there best way to do it? Yeah. So there are, it's, it's a little hard because keep in mind, we're not allowed to use the term Amazon in our group name. So it's all going to be like coupons, deals and steals, deals, this, that, and the other. So the best way to do it is to search for like coupon deals, Amazon, maybe like a little bit of keywords in like the deal coupon savings niche, and then find a couple that way. I, I don't know what I search, maybe like Amazon deals in my Facebook search bar and up outward pops like at least 10 to 20 groups that have over 100,000 members in them already. And then here's another, another important thing to look at. Look at the engagement of the group. When they post something, are they getting a lot of likes and comments? You want to work with groups like that. There are a lot of large groups out there that are completely fake. And every time they post, they get crickets. Those are not the types of groups that you're going to want to work with. But the good thing with great Facebook groups is that they're not going to charge you a lot at all, even if the group has like 200K plus members. All right. Yeah. Next. Okay. 
And uh, our last question, um, I started doing three or four Amazon shoppable videos every day, but many keep getting rejected with only a generic reason why. Um, mm. Is there any reason you think that could be happening? So there are a couple of reasons that videos might get rejected on Amazon. And I do want to say that they do have an AI that kind of reviews the videos. So sometimes it might be because a shipping label is visible in the unboxing video. And that's personal information. You cannot reference prices. You cannot reference anything that might be changeable. Um, you cannot show any other sites. Like you can't say like, oh, check me out on social media. I have seen some influencers get away with like a watermark of their social media. If you on that's if Amazon likes that or not, but there's a couple of generic rules. I would say make sure you're not mentioning anything that is you know not evergreen, like price, discount, anything like that. Make sure there's no personal information visible, like shipping labels or anything like that. Um, make sure it is good quality, and that comes down to lighting. Making sure that your voiceover is clear. If you have a voiceover, making sure that. Um, you know, it's a video that Amazon would want on their platform. Aside from that, if you keep getting a generic rejection email or a rejection, that's, that's interesting. And I would just try to change a couple of those things and see if that works and just know that it is an AI behind them. And if you keep getting that error, they do have an email that you can email and kind of get more clarification on. Um, I don't want to say the wrong email, but they do have a shoppable video email specifically for questions. Okay, so I think that's it. Gracie, you're off the hook. Ah, I'm done. <laughs> Very good. So how do people get a hold of you? Um, I think email is the best. Contact at dealcheats.com. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So Kelsey will be posting that in a second. And, oh, Christine, you got it in a, at the last moment. And that's what I was just going to say. Yay. If you're interested okay. uh, in this awesome giveaway today it's hashtag wheel of kelsey tag two people and you'll get a second entry we'll just wait for one second uh and then we'll go over to the to the wheel right after this sponsor a big thank you to our sponsor post purchase pro the only complete a to z done for you real email and text marketing service built specifically for amazon sellers my friends Sean Hart and Seth Stevens co-founded Post Purchase Pro after launching over a thousand successful private labeled products, growing 53 brands, and get this, exiting 17 businesses. Post Purchase Pro creates all of your digital assets 100% for you from marketing inserts, complete sales funnels, email follow-up sequences, and weekly email promotions. They manage and optimize everything for you to drive more sales, get higher ranking, and receive more reviews on Amazon. So check out Post Purchase Pro now to see if you too will see enormous growth like their nearly 500 clients worldwide. That's Post Purchase Pro at postpurchasepro.com slash lunch. Okay, done. Are you ready for the wheel? Wheel of Kelsey. All right, here we go. Enjoy. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All right, we got a great turnout today. 
Thank you everyone who entered today's Wheel of Kelsey. This is for the Influencer Strategy uh, Consult with Gracie. So we do this every single podcast. So come back uh, Friday for if uh, you didn't win and uh, you can get entered again. So I'm going to spin the wheel and let's see who today's winner is. If you are the winner, please email me k at lunchwithnorm.com. And it looks like it's Connor. It's Connor. Hey, Connor. All right, Connor. Hey. You got a good one. All right. Congratulations, Connor. Okay, great. So again, k at lunchwithnorm.com. And uh, I'll connect you with Gracie. And uh, thank you, everyone. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, are you going to be able to kick around for a few minutes after the podcast? Yes, I can. Perfect. Perfect. If you can, we're just going to wrap it up and we really appreciate you coming on, man. This is awesome talking to you again. Thank you for having me. It's always fun. <laughs> See, I'm going to start coughing. All right. We'll talk to you in a bit, Gracie. Thanks a lot for coming on. And I hope everybody enjoyed the show today. Um, got through it without too much coughing. Anyways, thank God this cold is going away or this this COVID thing. But anyways, it'll uh, it should be cleared up. I hope by Friday. Uh, Kelsey, where are you? I'm right here. Hello, hello. Uh, thank you everyone for watching today. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, uh, you can always post in the Facebook group. That's Lunch with Norm. Uh, Amazon FBA and e-commerce collective links are in the description too. So uh, even if it's topic suggestions or guest suggestions, uh, you can also email me K at lunchwithnorm.com. Uh, I know Chuck uh, helped me out with the uh, Ian's uh, episode on AMPM podcast. So I'm definitely going to see if we can get him on too. Uh, so thanks for that. And uh, it was great to see everyone, even if you're uh, biking and on the go, like Christine, <laughs> it's great that uh, you're still listening to Lunch with Norm. And uh, thank you, everyone. And yeah, hope you enjoyed. And okay. I think that's it. Well, join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. And like I always say, this is an awesome community. We could definitely not do this without you. And we'll see you on Friday. Lunch with the lunch with the lunch.